All right, well, I'm just recording right now, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much they, how much you got, but I'm talking about the, there's a podcast from Wondery called, uh, which, by the way, Wondery has the best true crime podcast. That's the one that has the, the Shrink Next Door. Really? Which we never talked about that, and that is a fucking amazing uh, podcast. Uh, they've, there's been a couple updates on that recently where, like, that guy got convicted. Or not convicted, but uh, he's, like, disbarred, whatever the um, therapy version they, of disbarred they is. They took his, like, license away? Kind of, yeah. And then they also, he's, he was on the board of a lot of, uh, like, advisory groups for colleges and things, and he's been kicked off a lot of those. So it's like they're slowly getting some justice for what that guy did. Uh, explain to everybody what that's about, because you were you just mentioned it to me, and I was like, I'll check this well, out. Well, that podcast, uh, it's called The Shrink Next Door, and it's about this guy uh, who starts to go see this uh, therapist, and then the he's therapist... Like he's a business owner and, like, a successful Yeah, one. he's very, very wealthy. And uh, the therapist basically just starts controlling his life and telling him, all right, like... First thing you do is like, well, it's like, first of all, stop talking to everyone in your family, which right away, any rational person would be like, okay, that's not a good idea because now you're, you're like, your accountability is shot because it's just like anyone, your, your family more than anyone, even your friends will be like, Hey, you're fucking up. You know what I mean? So if you cut out everyone from your family, all of a sudden now you, the only like authority in your life. That was his tactic for sure. Exactly. Is this guy. And then, and then the next thing is this guy starts telling him like, well, you know, you should like cut your sister out of the business and stuff and start running it on your own. And then he's like, appoint me as like a leader of your company, which is that completely unethical. Oh, so he's just looking for a job. But kind of. Because <laughs> well, then what he did was he used that guy's wealth and that guy's um, his position at that guy's company to open these charities where okay. sometimes they would only donate like five or ten dollars just to say we are a charity and we donate money to things so that he could get invited to these like celebrity galas and shit so that he could. So, and then eventually what happens is you find out like this guy, uh, the, 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 uh, therapist, um, moves into his patient's like summer home. It's like a vacation home. And yeah. The, uh, and just lives what's there the rich area time. of New York called what's up? What's the rich area of New York called? Uh, it's like the, uh, Manhattan. Uh, um, yeah. Manhattan's like the, well, this was in the suburbs. So, but it's like outside of Manhattan. It's the, um, I want to say Albany, but that's probably not it. It's no. like that type of area though, where it's like, like $5 million house. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, I don't know. We don't know. But yeah, they about have the like a weird East coast. If it's if essentially that's not the right. main the main guy's Jewish. New York's like, not real to me. So <laughs> <laughs> the main, they're both Jewish, and like he convinces. Um, there was, it was a lot of like Holocaust uh, uh, um, memorial funds and things like that, which again is was a very weird move because then you're well, donating like ten. That wasn't even my point. My point is that like he's like stop talking to your family, which like Jewish families are very close, and like Jewish mm. families tend to run businesses together. So he's like firing his sister from his business, and then like convinces. It's like the, a big no-no in the culture. Yeah, he convinces the guy to get rid of his sister, and then, like, it's one of those things where he... Was it him or another... Oh, no, so it cuts to, on, like, the third episode, like, another girl that was one of his patients that he was doing the same thing to, and she was also Jewish. Really? Her mom died, and as his therapist, um, he was like, don't go to your mom's wake, don't sit shiva, which is where, like, they don't do anything for a week. Like, basically, you're mourning. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, like, she basically... Um, denied like all of these traditions and all that which is like a huge no-no and a taboo and like her family will never forgive her right so well, i mean imagine not going to like your family member's funeral like. your, your own mom your dad yeah mm-hmm. even if you have like dis- disagreements you should still go <coughs> but yeah uh ultimately this guy just like took control of his life and like was it was a really bad person and um the podcast just kind of ends though like it doesn't really you don't really get any closure on like well what did they oh, do there's no conclusion well so th- there's been a couple updates recently where they're like yeah he it has ends been with seeing effects of it finally. they start pursuing him and, and emailing him and then like, all of his emails are very like worded in a weird way so that he takes no blame and all that and then they yeah, go you would think af- he's a lawyer just the way he's very careful how he words yeah things well i believe wasn't his wife a lawyer 
Possibly, I don't remember. Something isn't like that. that. Isn't there a term for that where you're like really well spoken but like controlling? Yeah, but, uh, you're um, manipulative. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. That's, that, that's, that's it. <laughs> um, I was reaching for something more complicated than that, but yeah, yeah that, that sounds it's basically. Up well. They finally get a bunch of people together and then they present this case to the board of like psychiatric or whatever evaluation. Uh. And before they can do anything, he has a hearing. He withdraws himself from that um, organization, so he can't. A lot more of that, like he's uh, and, the, and the the updates too. Or he he would do like he would resign from these things, and the people were like, "Well, we're really gonna miss him." And it's like this guy ruined somebody's life. But then his sister also <clears throat> comes on in the updates and says, "You know, I'm glad I have my brother back in my life, but I, I still believe on some level it's like." You're the one who the guy said quit talking to your family, and you were just like, "All right, like that yeah. sounds like a good idea." It's like on he some sounds, level you have to take some responsibility. It's weird because he's so successful, but he sounds so weak. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. He's very wealthy, and he has this business that it's very successful. And you're like, "How could you run a business and have that kind of uh, uh, manipulability?" I guess is that a word? <laughs> I mumbled my way through it. Uh, being yeah, you're too pliable. Uh, yeah, you know, I, people I get, are I coming he's in. He's very and, malleable. There yeah. you go. Um, Susceptible to a suggestion. Well, and it was one of those things where, like, they were living in his house, and he would try and go there and have his own barbecues, and they're like, "No, you can't use it this weekend." Yeah, it's it's his property. See, and that's to me, that's a that's a true nightmare because I am terrible at telling people no. I I can't remember if we ever talked about that on the podcast, but like, Mm. I I specifically position myself to like not be in situations where people like, for instance, there's a guy at my work who I texted Drew about this a little bit who is involved in some kind of pyramid scheme. And I don't know how it's pyramid scheme, but I know that it is because of the hard sell mm-hmm. where he's like, what if I could told you that you could make $500 a week extra and you don't even have to do anything. And right away I'm like, uh, no, this, your brain's <laughs> like, wee woo, wee woo. And you're like, this is not, I just, I go into this weird like disassociation or dissociate. I don't even know how to pronounce that where I just sort of shut down. Whenever someone starts like pitching me something like that, I'm just like, uh huh. It's like, oh yeah. That, and then it's just like, great. you know, you why? have an because out of body we... experience for five minutes, and then when you come back, you're like, well, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we have like drama from the LA fitness thing. Uh, that definitely was a that was a a brain rattling situation. For myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I also just know it's you know. To, to know thyself is its own victory. <laughs> and I just know that I can be taken advantage of very easily. So, so yeah, I you just kind of have to nip it in the bud. I was going to say, because yeah. I remember I was talking to Joel, and we were, there was, I don't know, it's, it's like hard to explain, but he was saying something about, he's like, yeah, I, I didn't want to do it, but I didn't know, I, I just couldn't say no. And I was just like, oh, and I didn't say it, like, hey, you got to stand up for yourself. I was just like, dude, I have the same problem, and it's going to be a, a rough life. Like, just, just yeah. know, all you have to do is get really good at lying, because then you could just always come up with an excuse where you're like, if someone asks you to do something you're not comfortable with, and you you feel like you should do it, you're just like, oh, well, I can't because uh, I don't know. You have to play is. like mental chess, right. basically. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I used to be the same way, and now when people are like, hey, like. Like at my current job, they're like, "You got to come to this Christmas party thing," and I was like, "Nah, nah, nah, <laughs> nah man." <laughs> and the thing is, you can't give them any. Um, uh, what's the one? What are the? What are the? What's the religion? Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever. Oh and yeah, birthdays and shit. I don't know if that um, Christmas is counted on that too, but what? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Why would you? Why can't you celebrate a birthday? I don't understand. Because you know, we're we're all fucking worthless. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Dad I should be that, Jehovah's but... Witness because he hates birthdays. <laughs> Yeah, true. Um, he proves that every year. No, but like I remember, even as a manager, I learned quickly where like I was managing before even Bryce worked there. Uh, people would be like, "Oh, can I have this weekend off?" And like when you first start, you're like naive and you're like, "Oh, um, yeah, what are you gonna be doing?" And then like they're like, "Well, I'm gonna go to this concert. We already bought the tickets. Blah blah blah. We're going out of town on Friday. It's gonna be so fun." And then 
it's so much harder to deny them that day off now that you know what they're going to be doing <laughs> because now you're invested. You're emotionally invested whether or not See, you... I could never be a boss. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but that's that's one. I yeah, be a manager and then I learned... I, can't say no. I actually contacted my old manager and I was like, I don't know how to deal with it. He's like, no, dude. He's like, you have to just be like, yeah, let me look into it. Don't ask them any details. That way you can get back to me. Like, no, nah, sorry, we're fucking already low staff this weekend. Mm. And then... Jordan or whoever I was managing time can't get mad at you because like especially Jordan he's like he's one of my best friends he'd be like can I have this weekend off and like someone's already requested he's like yeah but I'm going to San Diego and we go surfing and I was like that does sound fun (laughs) see I remember one time though um I had this boss that I was like really close with at McDonald's that like I low-key missed like I ran into him when we were going to Austin he was working at the rent a car I remember just being like Thank God you got out of McDonald's. And he was like, yeah, you too. And I was like, and then little did I know, I was, I was working at Amazon, how, how bad that was going to get. But uh, What was worse, you think? Oh, God, I don't know. At least Food service fucking sucks, it but does, so does warehousing. But you know what? When you work in a McDonald's, you, you get this like tight-knit crew where you become homies with people, and you're just out of like necessity because you have to have somebody to chill with when you're working. Yeah. And then, But then the thing is, you get those days where it's you and then a bunch of people you either don't know that well or, or you like, don't like. people you don't like, and you're like, this is going to be a, a terrible shift. Yeah. Like, I hate when that, when that used to happen, like... Yeah, there, there was a point like a year ago where we just had like a bunch of new people and they were working at night and nights are already like yeah, night, super understaffed. On top of them not knowing what to do, you're uh, like, yeah, we I'm, don't really know each yeah, other. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the fucking job with three other people. That's when you're like, we're not getting out of here until like two in the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, yeah, when I worked at the cafe, there, depending on who I was closing with, there's like new people. I'd be like, oh, we close at nine. I'm not getting out of here until 10. Like, because it's like Bryce probably knows by now, like, and you probably know from McDonald's, like, you clean as you work so that yeah. you can just kind of mentally, like, all right, that's done, that's done. All we have to Dude, do is count we the got, register. We got so yeah. good at it where we would, we would be tearing shit down and still using it while we were cleaning it. And, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain that in a way that makes sense, but, like, the, we, would, we would be cleaning up while we were working to yeah. a point where when it was time to close, it would take us like 30 minutes and we'd be done. Hence why people are like, ice, ice cream machine broke. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, we don't want to fire that shit up again and add, add another chore. Well, and I totally get it, but at the same time, it's like, I want a cone, though. Yeah. Dip that shit. For some reason, dude, I was really craving a shake today. So when I stopped to get gas, I got a fucking uh, uh, one of those drumsticks, and it was like, yeah, that was a pretty good substitute, you know? At uh, McDonald's? No, just in the, I had a gas station. That blanket. Huh? Uh, let me get that blanket. Yeah. It's definitely jacket weather. Yeah. I, I forgot my fucking joggers and shit, so I'm freezing. I um, went to L.A. to see uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street today. How yeah. was it? Uh, well, it's one of my favorite horror movies, and like my, I, I was talking to uh, shout out to Matt Stewart about this. But like, I think it's my favorite uh, franchise of horror movies because like we just watched Hellraiser, and you guys were like, "Well, are the other ones good?" And it's like, mm, "The second one's okay." And then I the wasn't, rest are like, I whatever. wasn't on board for that because I had seen a little bit of it, and then like w- once I finally saw the whole thing with context, I'm like, "This is actually really good." Mm-hmm. That movie, yeah, that's a that's a Hellraiser is a weird like it's it's more of like a haunted house movie. I don't know, I don't, it's like really gothic and weird, but like. Yeah. It's also kind of a slasher movie in the later season or seasons uh, movies. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's kind of like a, a horror movie version of that song "Fluorescent Adolescent," where whatever it's like, what would you do to get like the best sex of your life back? Essentially, yeah, basically, it's a yeah, it's a very weird like psychosexual it's a weird concept. Yeah, it is, and then the fact that it's directed by the guy that wrote it, like, and it's actually a really well directed movie. And then you look at Maximum Overdrive, which is a great movie, but. Stephen King will admit, like, it's not the most well-directed film because he directed that. I movie. don't know. That movie's awesome. It is to me too. Yeah, I feel like it's it, it's right up there with like you know what I realized. It, we loved any movie that was like 
uh, people that were like holed up in a building, yeah. and especially if it's like a gas station or like a mini mart, like in Tremors, you know, like there, there's just something about, or like Clerks. I think that's why we like, we like Clerks so much. There's something about that where like you get to know. You know why? Because we've been stuck our whole lives. Think about <laughs> yeah. it. We would get left at daycare, and we just kind of have to entertain ourselves, and whatever happened happened, and like. Like look, even Green Room to a certain extent is the same plot. That's where it's true. Like these I'm trying to think. Like, what, are, what are some other movies where it's like people are just stuck in a spot like that? I mean, and they're just kind of like Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, I mean, Big that, Trouble in Little China kind of to a certain extent. Tremors. That one kind of basically laid the foundation for everybody else. We were well, before the movie started. Uh, you know, they 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 usually play like something relevant to the movie that's playing, like on the the sound system, and it was just like a collection of. Uh, uh, horror movie themes, and then the theme for Big Trouble in Little China came up, and I was just like, "This is a lit song, but it's not. It's not really a horror, horror movie." movie. Huh. That man, yeah, that Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, uh, is fucking. First of all, it's fucking classic. They could have never made another one, and it would still be like one of the best horror movies ever. It's Johnny like, Depp, right? Yeah, he's in it, and also when he came up, uh, a couple people booed because. The, oh yeah, <laughs> beat his gay wife or whatever. Isn't she like a lesbian? I think she's bi. It was Amber Heard. Amber Heard. I don't know. That sounded weird the way I said it. He beat his he beat his gay wife. Uh, I didn't mean that to come across <laughs> as uh, antagonistically as it sounded to me. And well, uh, came out of my head. We'll let that one. That's uh, fine. No, I mean we all. Because didn't because she didn't she's when she turned out to be or, or not turned out. I don't. I, I can't navigate this language. I'm not trying to be offensive. Like. Is it weren't they together? Was was she bisexual when they were together? I don't know why it matters. Uh, um, just get off this. It's too. I think the story was he was controlling and she wanted an open relationship. See, here's with the thing. I believe that. Like, I like Johnny Depp as an actor, but like, he seems like a fucking weirdo. I could totally see that. I don't, I don't even know why people are questioning that. Other well, than that they and love like, Johnny if you Depp ever so listen much. to movie podcasts, they always talk about how weird actors are, and they're like, to be a good actor, you kind of have to be a little nuts. Look like, at the way Johnny Depp dresses, dude. Yeah. Like, you think he he'd be above him to like hit a woman? <clears> I, I could see that happening. Well, also he's We're from a ge- dark territory in this episode. He's from a generation where that was normalized, I think. So, and also he, people that tend to—I <laughs> think "normalized" is the right word for it, as opposed to just "normal." It's like it, it was sort of like reinforced by the culture, like, "Well, just don't get him mad," and then he won't. Well, hit you. it's almost like uh, like Sean Connery and John Wayne have those famous interviews where they're like, "Do you think it's okay to beat women?" He's like, "Yeah, if they're acting out." Like, and so nonchalant about it too. He's yeah. just like. Well, if she's acting out of line, I, f- well, I don't see a reason I shouldn't hit her. See, that's a weird and they're thought like, process do you where still it's like, oh, do it's that. like she's a child. You have to discipline her. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, you're both which, adults. Like, yeah. Like, it sh- just shows you, like, you should have picked a more, not, I, w- I don't want to say a smarter woman or something like that, but, like, you should have picked a more compatible woman with you because like, if you have certain needs and she's not meeting them, then clearly you're not compatible, Right. right. <laughs> Makes sense to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, yeah. They, and then to take it full circle, that's what that OJ podcast, a lot of they, what they were talking about was, like, in 93 or 4, whenever that, all that shit was going on, they kept trying to bring up, like, well, he was a habitual uh, abusive spouse. And, the, and I the was going to say, though. Like, they just didn't care. They're like, so what? That happens. That's normal. Yeah. yeah. Normal, normalized being the key word. Also, like, if you watch old films, like, uh, Steve McQueen just fucking slaps the shit out of a, a girl in, I think, Bullet, right? I don't remember that. There's this, a movie where was, Stephen Queen like actually hit her, and it was one of those things where he didn't, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't tell her before they shot that that he was going to do that, and he wanted like, a real reaction. That's another thing that keeps coming up lately, too, that's very interesting to me. Is, um, <coughs> you look back on some of these directors and, so, and the weird shit they would pull. Like William Friedkin it kind of has a reputation now, too, like, like Stanley Kubrick does, of uh, pushing the boundaries of like what's legal or morally right when you're filming something. And you're like, I don't know, because you're... Cause you, 
again, you're an artist and you're and you're in pursuit of art and you're working with these other art because actors are artists too. You know what well, I mean? Well, it was like, like Tarantino came under fire for um, Inglorious Bastards because like that girl was actually being choked in real life. Mm. Right. That that keeps coming up lately. But it's one of those things where Uma she's Car thing too. yeah, she even not Uma Thurman, but she uh, I don't remember the actress's name. She plays the German actress in Inglorious yeah. Bastards. She claimed that like she was okay with it. Well, so there was a big deal when Blue Velvet came out and. Uh, Isabella Rossellini. Her, her name's hard to say if you're not Italian. Uh, Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, see, I was trying to avoid that. but uh, <laughs> No, we're, we can make fun of Italian people. We learned that a few episodes back. On this show? Remember, I, I was like, you can't call a Chinese person an impersonated Chinese. Like, but I was like, what if I just called an Italian person? It's if like, you haven't heard that, what, go back and listen to whatever episode that is, because that is one of the most just hateful things I've ever heard in my life. Like, It's just like, wh- where is that coming from? <laughs> I think honestly, I thought about it, and I was like, "Oh, it's Mad TV," like the whole "he looked like a man" thing. It's like we grew up in the, again. It was normalized behavior to just impersonate Asian people for some reason. Yeah. Um, and I'll admit, we all—I mean, we're all from that. Like, well, we, like when we watched mid '90s, a lot of people from our generation was like, "How could they use the f word against gays and all that?" And I was like, "No, it's a movie like, set in the '90s. Everybody was calling what, each that's other." That's what that. kid, dude. When we ran around the neighborhood, I'm not like I'm proud of it. I'm not like I'm like, "Oh man, the good old days," but like. That kids just talk like that. Like, I mean, there was we grew up in a, a Latino neighborhood or a Latinx neighborhood, I guess, and uh, the there a certain term that starts with B got thrown around a lot, and uh, I don't know they just called each other that like it was like it was B? no big deal. Oh, okay. I was like, bitch. Because I, I, I would feel so weird saying that now, but like, not that we ever said it either, but like, no, I even you get your ass beat for saying something like that. Um, yeah. No, um. What was I going to say? Well, there was a time where you were like six or something and you told the the neighbor's boyfriend uh, uh, a racial joke and he was just like, you're, you're lucky. What did, he, what did he say? He's like, you're lucky you're a little kid or I'd beat the shit out of you. What did but I like, say? But like jokingly. Well, I can't repeat that joke now, but. I mean, what, what was the like the premise? I'm trying to remember. If I said it, I would think I would remember it. I, it's not worth later. it? <laughs> it's just not worth it. To was it like thing. about knees? No, but yeah. <laughs> That's not good. I'm sorry. Well, I didn't mean to like make you feel bad. I just remember no, like no, I mean which now that I think about it, like where did you hear that and why did you you were like, dude, can I tell you? A, oh, my God. <laughs> this experience, dude. I um, I've never thought about this until right now. Like really thought about it as an adult. Like it's almost like it happened in a dream. Yeah, what a <laughs> fucked up thing. I just not all, that it's your and problem. I was probably all smiles when I said it. You're like you're gonna love this. You personally, <laughs> this is right up your alley. No, I'm sorry about that. Whoever that was too. Um, I did. Oh, I had a habit of being like. Worst I, joke. You know, I just gotta say, I feel like that came from a genuine place of innocence where you're like, this is about you. You'll think it's funny, right? Like, I don't think, because they're well, like kids, kids are that. I was gonna say, you're, you're six, there's no malice in your heart. Like, it just, I, but I, no, I, I tell people too, like, mom and dad you, still you make fun things. of me. My two best friends were, were black at el- in elementary school, and I, like, legit was asking mom and dad if I could somehow, <laughs> I, I like, was asking if I could somehow become black. You, like, they were like, can you paint me, or you were like, can, we, can you paint me black? And we were like, no, that's not, first of all, <laughs> no. definitely no, because that's not, that, yeah. that's well, blackface. Like. But it was one of those things where it came from a place of, like, I was inundated in, like, a culture of basketball and hip-hop, and, like, DMX was really popular at the time, and my friends are wearing Allen Iverson shoes and, like, Jordans and all that. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm integrated into that as well. So, it's, like, it, 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 it never, like, yeah, it's, a, it's from a place of innocence and na- naivety. 
most people we went to school with listened to like hip hop, and we were we were listening to country music because that's what mom listened to. Oh my god! So I, like a lot of songs, people would like quote. I didn't know what were a song until years later. I'd hear it on the radio. Like that's where that's from. Kind of yeah, ninety three point five. Like, like uh, you'd hear like they'd play classics, but the doctor doctor Dre like every like with a hey 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 smoke weed every day. I was like that's where that's from. Or yeah, because we got it from Chappelle's Sticky, show. Sticky icky icky. Like I remember uh, fucking Amanda Zumbis used to say that, and now I realize I'm like, do you even like they were talking about weed? Do you know you know what weed was? <laughs> I remember that Chappelle sketch though where it shows him from like 18, 25, 30 and like you know 35 or whatever and at the very end he's like do you have anything to say and he's like hey 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 smoke weed every day like as he's getting a ticket from a cop the one thing I think about all the time is like when you lose don't lose the lesson <laughs> cause that's it sounds dumb but like that's real advice honestly yeah speaking of music like that though uh, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like I hate new music, and I've just been going back listening to stuff I listened to in high school, and I realized all the shit I listened to in high school is, like, mostly from the 80s and a little bit from the 70s. Mm. So it's like, I, I was trying to think, of like, what was even popular? I remember Arcade Fire. That was the one band, and then kind of Modest Mouse. The they've been Strokes, around since the 90s. Arcade Fire, The Hives, uh, Arctic Monkeys. See, but The Hives and The Strokes, they came out more, like, when I was still in junior high. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember that fucking, the VMAs or whatever, when The Hives and The Strokes played, and they, it was like a, like... They, and then the guy from the Strokes is like, "All right, now that we're done, you can turn your TV off." And then it cuts to the vines, and it's like, "Well, okay, that's not cool." <laughs> you know why? Because all three of them were like fighting for like New York love at the same time. And then you have bands like Interpol that were coming out at the same time. I really want to read that book about. It's like Meet Me in the Bathroom or whatever, and it's like the the early two thousands. It's a New history York of that New York like garage rock revival scene. And it it's weird because like there's a Interpol lot of drama too. there too. Like yeah. those you people hate Ryan Adams before now he's like Me Too'd as well. Oh but my god, dude, that was I can't tell you how much of a bummer that was to when that when they dropped the news on Ryan Adams because I'm like first of all. Ryan Adams, to, like, I know he has a huge, or did have a huge following, but it, like, felt like this thing where it was like, nobody really talks about it, so it was like, kind of like a personal... You know what he said, though, that, that made me not, like, it's, it, it wasn't okay what he did, but he kind of had the same attitude that Joey Diaz has, where he's like, look, Joey Diaz would be like, I did some stupid shit, I was on coke at the time, and coke makes you fucking neurotic and all that... He was a huge heroin addict back then, and uh, in fact, the Strokes hate him because uh, Albert Hammond Jr. was hanging out with him, and he got Albert Hammond oh, Jr. into heroin. Yeah, there was a uh, an article that's really good about, like, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, Rant by Chuck Palahniuk, where it's like everybody's opinion on uh, one situation. It's, it's like that. Oral history? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Sorry. Well, I just, that's, that's, that's like a format where it's like, there's no... Um, there's no like a narr- narration or anything. It's just like here's what people said without yeah. Without well, it was like it was everybody's opinion on their like relationship with Ryan Adams, and it was like back then he was super destructive or whatever. So he would like just shoot heroin up in the bathroom and like pass out before a show and but all see, that. The thing I, I I feel like if I've learned anything from all this uh, stuff happening, where it's like there's degrees of me too, is that. The, some things like it's a spectrum for sure. That's that's true too. But I feel like it, you you as the uh, you know the abuser or whatever have no control over how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you if you did something and in your mind you're like, well, I used to be on heroin. It's like okay, well then that's okay if if that helps you to accept what you did. But like you you can't tell someone that they how they feel is wrong because of how yeah. they were treated by you. And they it's up to them whether they want to like. It's like you can't per- choose to uh, to you know how someone perceives your shitty behavior. Yeah. But, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the best thing you can do is get out in front of it and be not like, that hey, anyone's sitting around I going, was like, a piece of shit on this, but, you know, now, I don't know. We actually uh, back when we were first starting, I remember we were talking about Game of Thrones and you said something like, you're like, I'm so sick of rape as exposition. Like, yeah, I mean, it's rape just lazy, you know, yeah, it's like the laziest form of writing or whatever. And then someone who <laughs> I don't even know, like quoted you 
and put it on Twitter, and then that got retweeted a shitload of times, like at least a thousand. Not enough for us to blow up. To blow up, yeah. But I, <laughs> I remember I was like, it's kind of sad that we we live in a society, but or we live in an era where like only we have that opinion. Apparently, I also Game of Thrones. While we're talking oh, about Game yeah. of Thrones, I read an article that was very disturbing to me as a an aspiring writer. Uh, so apparently the two guys, David Benioff and David Weiss, who were the uh, creators of the television show of like Game of Thrones. They have all the control. Yeah, they were the, and they were directors, the, they writers. Had writers and everything. I don't know if they directed. I they did remember. a few episodes, I thought you were saying. I'm not sure on that. But uh, I know, well, anyway, the point being was they had never written a show before. That was the first TV show they ever wrote, which some of you know, some people might go, well, hey, they did a pretty good job. And it's like, yeah, on some level they did. But they, well... You know, you take HBO's budget and their cameras and their crews, of course you're going to get something that looks good. True. And they talk about how, like, they shot this pilot. And I listened to this podcast called, uh, oh, it's a screenwriting one. What's it called? The Script Notes. And there's and Craig Mazin is one of the co-hosts, and he wrote the show and created um, Chernobyl, which I still haven't seen, but is, like, has Hi- like, heavily hyper- hyperbolic reviews of how great it is. <laughs> uh but uh, he's, he was friends with them before before Game of Thrones happened, and they showed him the pilot, and he was like, yeah, this sucks, dude. Like, everything. <laughs> like, like he, he talks about it multiple times on the show where he's just like, the, you, like, if you had seen that pilot, that show never would have got made. But it turns out, in this article I was reading, uh, they had already pre-sold the rights to foreign markets and, and got foreign funding, so they're like, we kind of have to make this. So they were like, okay, that's why they were showing it to people. He's like, how do we fix this mistake we just made? And then... <laughs> I was actually going to say before you even said any of this, I th- like I said, I was like, it might. The, I'd love to see that pilot, by the way. This, yeah, the success of the first season, I think, uh, I had already heard that there was a ton of reshoots for, it and like, but it seems like he was like, here's what we have, and they're like, oh god, and then, but they had so much talent because they had made The Sopranos, they had made True. like uh, Six Feet Under. So a lot of it's probably HBO. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was it's thinking. I was like, you have, and HBO they probably had like, execs being like, you got to fix this, this, and this. Yeah, because yeah. they're they're looking for like the next big. Like miniseries. I well, think. now that's the thing. <coughs> that's the thing where um, all these stations and media platforms are like, we want the next big Game of Thrones. Like uh, Jeff Bezos even said, we want the next big Game of Thrones, and that's why they're funding the Lord of the Rings. Like, right? yeah, billions of dollars on a Lord of the Rings show that it's I'm going ex- to predict will not do that well. It's the most expensive TV show in history. Also, my own. The only time I've ever been able to provide inside baseball. Uh, when I uh, I love that term by the way. I yeah, use yeah. it all. I use it all the time, and you would not believe how many people are like, "What inside what?" And I was like, "Oh, it's like you know, baseball has the most stats of any game ever. It's inside baseball, like yeah. the lore. You know what I mean?" When I uh, when I had a when, when I went to Austin, um, I had an opportunity to sit in on this thing where it was like a roundtable review or, or interview <laughs> session where <clears throat> they would set a bunch of people at a table, and. Uh, for 15 minutes, a different person would come up and talk with you. And one it's of like the, speed dating. Kind of, yeah. And one of the people that we got to talk to was uh, the head of programming at AMC, and she really was upset about Amazon. This was early days. This was like the first year, I think, that Amazon, because they had, what, Man in the High Castle and like one other show, I think? Yeah. Yep. And um, she was like, yeah, uh, the thing of, the thing people don't really realize is like, even with all the streaming stuff, like we still have to worry about uh, advertisers at AMC. Like we're not Amazon. We don't, we can't just like sell a bunch of stuff to make up for the loss. And then she kind of went off on this rant about how like Amazon, because they're just, they're like basically Walmart can just, they just, mm. they can just sink money into television projects that don't go anywhere. And they're like, well, whatever, we'll make it, we'll make up for it on like video game sales or whatever, you know, whatever people just buy on Amazon, random shit. And, uh, 
And she was like mad because they were winning Emmys and stuff. And she's like, they don't have to like, you know, be considerate of all these like standards and practices. It, it can be any time length that they want. They can like put it online however they want. And I remember thinking like, lady, it sounds like they're the future and you're fucking up. And then you look at AMC now and they have no programming that's that's like popular other than The Walking Dead. And you know what I noticed is that TV's channels were like hosts of like this really like this a nice echo chamber of a really popular show. And then that show ends and then those actors go to Netflix. Like, to case in point, El Camino. Well, Netflix poaches. Um, I'm sorry, I'm smoking hookah while I talk. Netflix poaches talent. Like that's that's a well-known oh, yeah. thing. I mean, they got Ava DuVernay working for them. Um, who's they got the uh, the guy that created Blackish, Camille Barris, I think his name is, is yeah. working for them now. Uh, Obama and Michelle Obama, they're both working for them now. But uh, well, oh, and the guy Greg, I can't remember his name. Greg something uh, from the who created The Office. Him and Steve Carell have a new show coming on uh, exactly. Netflix about the Space Force or whatever. Mm. Which is like, okay, sure, I'll check it out. But like, you know, it's not gonna have the staying power of The Office because The Office is such a ge- generic concept. That's why it was it was a huge deal because everybody has an yeah, office. Yeah, anyone, job even some, if you've never worked degree. in an office, you're like, well, I can understand bureaucracy and I can understand like, you know, well, the existential other, ennui and boredom and shit like that. The other example of that would be like Comedy Central. Comedy Central really fucking blew their wad with workaholics and then they're like, all right, we're done with the show. And then like, well, then we're done with you. And then instead of like giving them the money and what they want to do, they're like, all right, your contract's up. Workaholics is not on Netflix, but they did make two movies on Netflix or whatever. Right, like, that's a good call. And, so, and they got that special, right? The yeah, one guy, Adam, Adam Devine. Devine. Well, and then look at every fucking comedian ever. They're all on Netflix now. And not all of them are happy That's about it. That's about to change, too, because like you were saying, that they're starting to go back to Comedy Central. A lot of uh, Showtime is doing a lot of comedy specials now. Like It's, it's, they're, it's well, just good because it's diversifying you know, the market. But I, at the Someone same time, actually brought it up. They're like, Chris Rock, David Chappelle, and Seinfeld are the three reasons why everybody's leaving Netflix because they boasted how much they were paying these like sellout comics. True. And then like, Never I was listening to, to a, like a podcast with the comedians. They're like, just so you know, as a comedian who's successful, they do not offer us $400 million for three specials. They are making more like 800000 But as a comedian, I feel like you have to know, okay – there's Chris fucking Rock, who's like one of the most famous comedians of all times, and, and then there's you, who has like a following. Well, you, the irony the there is, some of the writers who write for Chris Rock have specials on Netflix, and they didn't get paid for the Chris Rock stand-up besides their salary. He did, and then they go and do their own special, like a Neil Brennan type or whatever, and he's only getting eight hundred thousand. So but I totally get why they'd be upset. I, I, yeah, I, like, I, I'm I can, the genius. But it's kind of like you're like I made this engine, but like it's not a Porsche. You know what I mean? I can understand that, but at the same time. Chris Rock had to build up a following from scratch. You know, he was a nobody. He also has the cult of personality. It's, like I was he, just saying, a lot of it, is, I, I feel like, is attributed to a, to performance. Like, there's that documentary, I Am Comic, where the guy, which is where I first found out that uh, Jeff Oxford doesn't write all his jokes. This guy, like, one of his co- co-writers. Which was mind-blowing at the time, to be honest. Yeah, mm. um, was a failed comedian who ended up just being a joke writer. And you realize, like, well, you failed as a comedian because you just didn't have the stage presence or you didn't have the storytelling Well, you know what it is? You find out that they got too comfortable. And it's like instead of going out there and like and really grinding it out yourself, you started working for somebody else, and they found out you had talent. So you kind of just blew your wad, and then didn't have that like that drive to go out there and make a name for yourself. So you're like, well, I'll just keep feeding this person jokes. And like you always hear about that. They're like, there's these people that write for Jimmy Fallon, these people that write for all these like um, late night shows, and then they're like, they're like, they're really funny, but they don't do stand up. It's because they're putting all their effort into somebody else, and it's like that's got to not be rewarding. That's what Anthony Jeselnik said. He said he was writing for like Jimmy Kimmel or, or Jimmy Fallon or something like that. And he's like, I did, like he, he was explaining like the whole stint where it's like you, they they work they do salaries quarterly, 
So you only work for like 12 weeks at a time or, you know, however long it is. And then they rehire you every time. And he's like, nah, I'm done. Like, cause I don't want to give my jokes to this guy and they're actually funny. I so. would either. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to like as someone who unless it was writer, like Conan, like, I could totally write for Conan. I think about that too sometimes when, about like what if I got hired on to write like a, a you know a sitcom, which is not going to happen anytime soon, but in, you know in the future, and you think like, well, then you're kind of giving away all these ideas, but then you realize like, no, that's just, that just gives you clout because you could be like, oh, I wrote on like Malcolm in the Middle or a Seinfeld. Well, there's or certain you know exceptions I mean? to the rule. Like, it's if you wrote for The Simpsons within like the first eight seasons, it's like, oh man, you were a legend. Even now, there's some prestige to that because it's like they, you know, The Simpsons can kind of pick and choose who they want in their writers' room or South Park. Well, it's also like uh, everybody writes a Simpsons, uh, you know, man, or spec. spec, yeah, and then they're like, "Don't do that." They and tell it, you now, "Don't do that," because it's the show's been going so long that it's like, you, "What are you, you're really yeah, going to write something years. They, they haven't thought of yet?" You know, that might have been like this: the South Park episodes are like Simpsons dated or whatever. They, they're like, "Just stop." That was my my first mistake. Was I, I, I when I did spec script, uh, the first one I ever did was for Always Sunny, and it's like, do you have any idea? First of all, how many episodes they've done, and then how many other people have written really good. Always sunny specs over the years. Like you pick a show that's like new. That's that's the that's the, the thing though is man. Like if I got hired tomorrow, I could crank out so many seasons if it's always sunny. We were so well because like, we're fans of that show. Yeah, yeah but know? also we King of the Hill. Like I said, I've been, I've been having ideas in my head a lot lately for King of the Hill episodes and things I'd want to see. Like if they brought it back, that episode uh, that was on last night where it's like Bobby becomes. Um, Mr. Strickland's caddy is yeah, fucking hilarious. <laughs> I've never seen that. Before. Like basically, Bobby repeats. We've seen them all like thirty times now. <laughs> yeah, Bobby repeats like a like a, a like a horror joke at the dinner table, and then like the next day he goes, Hank goes into his office to like tell on him essentially, and he's on the phone with Bobby. He's like, Bobby, is that true? What did you say? And then like you don't hear anything, and he starts laughing. He's like, <laughs> okay, and then he just hangs up the phone, and he's like, anything else, Hank? Yeah, the guy that plays Buck Strickland is great. Whoever that is. <laughs> He's like, if that's uh, a, you know what I love about that show, dude. It, there's so much lore to that. It's I mean, The Simpsons has lore too, but the lore to, to King of the Hill is so dark. Like everything, it's like a funny, lighthearted show. But the more like you look at like Bill, like Bill in, in and of himself is such a dark character. Yeah, then, it's like, what are you doing on the roof, Bill? Oh, just thinking about killing myself. Yeah, and then <laughs> Dale too, like whose wife has been cheating on him for years and mm. shit, and like has an illegitimate child. Right, and it's like he's a conspiracy theorist. Just every like, yeah, and he's like a like the the exterminator, and the fact that Bill's like an army barber, like everything is so. That's where that show is good. Everything is so specific. There's no half ass ideas build, on that show. You, de- you develop this like empathy for them, like that episode where Bill like finds out that he was taking a placebo. He doesn't know at the time, but uh, yeah, that's great. great you feel so bad for him when he's like cutting his hair, and he's like, "Permission to stop cutting? I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis." And he's like. Denied. <laughs> He's like, uh. <laughs> uh, that, and then just like we, Robert was talking about, is like the magnum opus to that show is the like Sugarfoots. Uh, yeah, the uh, Debbie Grund. The well, I forget that episode. It's called. There's like a two parter where that where Debbie Grund gets murdered, and it's like it's the one where you know what I'm talking about where the girl who was like Strickland's. Uh, um, what, what were they? He's like it? having a mistress or whatever. He's like yeah, her mistress. Her. She like the, at the very end, the cop uh, like deducts that she climbed in the uh, the trash can. Yeah, to and eat, shot herself, and she the... shot herself with a shotgun that was propping open the trash can. You know why? That. I also think that's a good episode because it's kind of a parody of The Simpsons when they did the Who Shot Mr. Burns like yeah. stunt. Ah. Because everyone talks like that worked on that show was like, yeah, we didn't want to do that. That was such a lame like. Yeah. Because you had to. They did a thing where they would call. It was some kind of contest with Dr. Pepper where they would call people and be like, okay, who do you think killed Mr. Burns? And um, if, if you were right, you could win this house that was like a real house that was designed to look, to look identical to the Simpsons house. Okay. And uh, it's still there, by the way, but they don't give like tours or anything. It's like they built it on like a, tr- a, home, a, like a housing tract in like, I think, Arizona. Really? And uh, they, I've seen pictures of it. It's really interesting. I'm surprised huh. no one's done like a video essay on that. Huh. But uh, 
so yeah, you, you, there was some kind of contest through Dr. Pepper where they would call you and say, who do you think did it? And if you won, you could get the house. And then after a while, nobody, everybody's guesses were so fucking wrong that after a while, they were just like, okay, the next person we call just wins the house. And it was some old lady who, who like, they gave her the house and she's like, oh, I don't want this because it looks like the Simpsons house. It's all cartoony it's and shit. Goofy so as the fuck. first thing she did was repaint it so it looked like uh, every other house in the block. And the, the day that they, uh, they finished the house, they had, um, what's his name? Uh, Matt Groening come out and he, he spray painted El Barto on the side because that's what Bart always would spray paint. Like, uh. So it's like you kind of just covered up like a, that, that, that could be like a museum. Like that could be a tourist trap thing. And it's right. one of those things where it's like, lady, why did you call in? They called her. That was oh. the contest. Like if you, I don't know how it worked where they got your phone number, but like they were just calling people on their list. They must have like sent something in. Uh, yeah, like probably. Someone something. in her house might maybe did. It was probably like her granddaughter or something just to get more like entries. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid and like mom told me that someone she worked with went on... Um, I think Price is Right, and, and won patio furniture. And the tax was so expensive because it was a gift or whatever on receiving that mm-hmm. that she uh, ended up just selling it. She's like, I can't afford this. And then I, I realized, that's when, like you're a child, your world comes crushing down. You're like, wait, well, you, but you won. You won the prize. And it's like, yeah, well, that didn't quite There was like a, a news story that was like the people that win like the cars, the casinos and stuff like that, or the people that win like on those like game shows, like they win like a Porsche or a convertible or whatever. You have to pay sales tax on that. Yeah. And it's like sales tax on a $100,000 car is fucking like... That's why a lot of people just take the money, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because even even then, they're going to take most of your money, which is like, oh my God, the government, but you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kickbacks for the company. That's why it's one of those things where it's like there's game shows where people win like tens of thousands and they're like, they do it once a week. It's like, how can they afford to do that? And it's like, oh, they're not really winning. And also they get a bunch of, you know, kickbacks for doing that. You ever think about like a game show? Like, okay, like a TV show has a budget, right? That they spend on like casting and effects and things. A game show, their budget is like giving shit away. Like their budget is giving giving money away. Because mm-hmm. that, that's why it's like one set with like one guy. You know what I mean? That must right. be why they constantly are like, "This is brought to you by the the sandals sure, yeah. church." But then you think they must not be that expensive to to produce because look at how many game shows there still are even even now. Yeah, the price is right. It's still fucking going. Yeah. Man. Or look at you look at shit like uh, the Mass Singer or whatever. I I can't to me okay. I, can, I, can I just talk? I just want to say, I don't understand what's so entertaining about watching somebody sing. If it's like, uh, <laughs> if it's like, you know, Aretha Franklin uh, or so, somebody who's like a known what good singer, I, I can't right. even think of like. But even then, I'd rather just. It had to be somebody Spotify. who has a bunch of hits that you want to go see. Right. This concept of people tuning in every night to watch like American Idol to watch some stranger sing a song, to me is like so. So what? I don't. You care. know what's weird though? Like it, it evolved. Like so, like the first season of American Idol, it was like seriously the Dunning Kruger effect or whatever, where it's like you had these people that could legitimately sing and then they'd pass them, and then you had these people who didn't have good friends around them and told them that they couldn't sing. Go yeah, it's on like, there. How do you have no mm. idea that you're not good at singing? How do you not know? That's, that's fucking crazy. That's the mental illness, yeah. And like, then, I'm not a good singer, but I like to get drunk and do and karaoke, but I know, like, that's why I have to get drunk to do karaoke. Well, that's like, why I'm not a good <laughs> you turn the music up louder than you can sing. That way you sound good with, and it's, like, there's also the just, it, it's Even when someone's not good at singing, you're like, oh, I like that song. It's like they, they, it's just fun. It's like a communal thing. Yeah. Well, also, but I could never imagine just being like, okay, I'm going to sing this song. And there's so no background music. Yeah, that's true, too, yeah. Well, and it's like, if you watch the evolution of that show, it started off with, like, people that are, have these delusions that they're good singers, and then... It got so popular because, like, who's going to suck next week or whatever that by the time the second and third season rolled around, people were going on there just to be on TV just to get and on seem TV, bad. Yeah. So it's like you kind of ruined that quality, but... 
kind of that's know? what they say about uh, the real world too. I've never been a fan of that show, but like uh, uh, apparently the original season is kind of boring by today's standards because <laughs> it's just people living together. Yeah, mm. and then they realize like by like the second or third season, certain people would get on just to cause drama because they knew they would get like some some kind of like infamy after that. You know, mm. you look at a uh, Survivor was the same way. Richard Hatch was that his name? The guy that would showed up was just naked all the time. Yeah, he knew, that guy. He's like, if if I do memorable shit, people are gonna remember me, and it's yeah. like also yeah. by the way. Is that like a Me Too situation where it's like nobody wants to see you naked, dude? Like you're kind of forcing that upon that's everybody. That's a good else? question. That's a, that's hard to determine because you're. I remember yeah, that I pissing know. me off back then. Yeah, where it's just like, put your balls away, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. Like you again, it's, even see it's blurred for us. But the fact that there's a guy and the only thing he's wearing is a fucking like bandana, you're an asshole. Because to me, that's an aggressive tactic of like I'm gonna intimidate all my. Uh, my, uh, All I can think is his dick was either really small or really big to be able to like kind of force his way into that situation. Well, metaphorically, you have to have a big dick to be like, I'm just gonna walk around naked. But like, that's why I don't walk around naked. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I have extra layers on. <laughs> Put the sock in there. Uh, but also, like, it's not really. I guess it is a game show that like the naked and afraid thing. Yeah, it's like you're only watching that because you get to see their butt cheeks. It's also, uh, all I can think about is how bad everybody must smell on that show, because you're just naked out and Well, out and also, I didn't know, because I used to watch it at the gym, it's like, they're not there for a week, they're there for like three months. Yeah, dude. And so it's like, inevitably on every episode, somebody gets like diarrhea because they're just open to the, like, you can't have, like... You're just walking around with muddy cheeks, dude, I don't, like... Yeah. Well, you, like, you realize, like, your asshole is just as susceptible as your mouth to getting, like, gross diseases and shit in there and germs and all that, so it's like... Every episode, I, I, like I shit you not, someone either leaves early because they have their period, or like they get really sick because of the water. Like they're like they walked in some water or whatever. They had a cut that was open, and then there's just clips of the camera guy filming them through a bush, and they're just shitting out like ten feet Compare away. Compare that to like what was that show? Dad used to watch Survivor Man, where the guy the guy would just go out in the wilderness just for fun and just film himself. Like there was no like competitive edge to it. He's just like yeah, I'm just out here. He chilling. had to stop doing that because it was like super unhealthy for him. Oh really? Well, because it was one of those things where he's like, he actually legitimately did it. Where he, there was an episode that I watched because dad would watch it religiously. So eventually you're going to walk in the room and catch it. But, um, where it, she showed you how he filmed each episode. And I was always wondering how he did those long tracking shots. He where fucking put the camera down and then he, and walked, he walked, walked a walked mile walked away. Back. And then he had to walk yeah. back. So it's like he had to exert all this extra energy. And then he had mm. like to build these things where he's holding a 40 pound camera rig walking up and down these trails. That's why he always fell all the time. Mm. And then there's no guarantee there's any food out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I respect that because that's a commitment to commitment to your craft, product dude. too. Yeah, you could just shit out anything, but he's like, no, I want it to look cool. Like, yeah, yeah, and have some you know, visual aspect to it. Be entertaining. You also have to have yeah. like a good personality for oh, it like, too. Not because, find it entertaining mm. or watchable. And I don't think he kind of has like the personality of a brick wall IMO of it. Mm. Yeah, Les Stroud, I think is his name. Even compared, worse comparing to Bear Grylls, that's why Bear Grylls was more popular because he had the personality. He gives somebody an accent and they start jumping off shit. Of course, everybody wants <laughs> to watch. Drinking their own piss. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know that was a, that's a fucking PR move if I've ever seen one. Yeah, Literally right. PR move. Um, yeah. he, 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 I PR guarantee you, he was like, "Do they actually drink my own piss, mate?" <laughs> he was the kid. He's like, "Damn, we drink my own piss." He's like, "No." The camera guy's like, "No, what are you doing?" He's yeah, like, "I'm gonna, mean? I'm gonna do it." He's like, <laughs> "He's like, pee in my mouth, do it." <laughs> He's like, do you want to piss in my mouth or should I piss in my own mouth? Like, uh, that was legendary though when that came out. Yeah, that, like that. That was like the like around the first time memes started existing, or whatever. Where it was just him. It was like, I was just a picture he, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no firewood. Drink <laughs> drinks piss. Like, um, those early meme formats, dude. Yeah, so like, basic, man. Now yeah. we're like deep frying them yeah. and like we're referencing like 
My favorite is just the one that says "fuck it." And it's like frog in the car or something. It's also sh- shelf life for memes has died down too so mm. heavily where it's like they're only funny for like a day. Sometimes it's only for like a couple hours because they run into the ground so quick. Yeah. Well, like it's almost like once they like it's like strike while the iron's hot kind of a thing. So it's like people do. Yeah, it, yeah they like, do every possible version of it, and then it's like, okay, I hate it now. Yep. Like a good example, that's the Area Fifty One meme. It's True, like by yeah. the time that really happened, like it was so. What was lame. the one, the Italian meme that and and there was one other one. There was a couple where it was just like okay, like by by the, the time. Oh, Dat Boy. Dat Boy was definitely one of them. There was another one though. Oh, the damn Daniel. What was the one? It was the it was like the bug. You know what I'm talking about? The fucking moth. The moth meme. That <laughs> oh my god. The hit. weird thing though is sometimes that'll be a meme and it's not really popular, and then three months later somebody will reshare it and it becomes like the biggest meme yeah, ever. Because that's what happened with the moth one. It, it came out like five months prior to it blowing up. But anyway, I mean, like, what kind of useless information is this? What right. were we talking about? <laughs> Memes and fucking game shows and all that. By the way, props to whoever decided that, like, we have all this old footage of game shows that is free for us to air, and uh, nobody's doing anything with it. Let's just create a game show channel, and then we'll have commercial companies pay us to play commercials and all that. Right. It's like, wow. I mean, that's why I was so excited when they finally launched the Nicktoons Network. Remember when we got that? Because it was like, you have all these old Nickelodeon cartoons you're not doing anything with. And, and then people it, would it love quickly to see devolved it. into new shit. Yeah, just like, like when, remember when they had Boomerang, where it started off and it was like, all, it's like, oh, Flintstones and Scooby-Doo and shit you can't see anywhere else. And then like slowly it would be like, well, now we're playing like Herd's Cowardly Dog. It's like, cool, I haven't seen that since the 90s. And then it's like, now we're playing fucking Teen Titans Go and shit, and you're like, okay, well, I'm an adult. I don't care about that. Like, I just want to see shit that reminds me of my childhood, not shit that reminds me of children. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel that. Incredible. Um, oh, I had something. For... Thanks for listening. No, no. Um, oh, I, I had a note that was like, have Robert tell his unemployment attending class story. Oh, just it was cancer. Uh, when you're on unemployment... Sometimes, randomly, you'll get a thing in the mail saying, uh, hey, show up to this place. You have no choice. You have to do this, and we'll cut your money off and make you give us back all the stuff we gave you. And it's like, oh, cool. And you have to take a class on how to find a job. And you're like, which theoretically, it's like, well, if you're having trouble finding a job, maybe this will help. No, they don't give you anything you don't already know, first of all. But in your case, you had already secured a job. Yeah, I had literally just accepted a job offer, and I told them that. Like, you still have to take this class. And I was like, but I have a job offer. I just, it doesn't, it's for a company that hasn't opened yet. They're opening in like a month. and, And so it's like, like I guarantee, I could show you the guarantee. Like I, I have an offer. Like I don't need this. It's I'm only like I'm literally on unemployment for the reason you would be on unemployment. You're in between jobs. Like that the other the, job is already lined up. If I could, if I remember correctly, that was the worst part about Amazon. Both times I worked for them, it was like they're like, all right, you're hired, and they're like, all right, when do I start? And they're like, we'll contact you. And then two yeah. months later, they're like, all right, come in your first day. And Both you're like, times I, I needed that money. Yeah, you're sitting around like, well, I have, a, I accepted a job, but like, I don't know when they're gonna fucking. And you would like, and they also made it so it was impossible to call them too. There's no number you could contact them at or email them at or anything like that. Like, they're really they're they're smart about how they do that because like, well, we want to we want to train a thousand people in one day, so we don't want to hire you <laughs> on and have to, to hire somebody else. It's like, okay, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't miss working for them. No. Although I hate my current job so fucking much that sometimes I think about going to back work, to work for Amazon because at least they pay more, you know? No. But it's like, I don't know. Don't do it. Don't yeah, do I know. It. I keep thinking how much. Those are like, the devil's thoughts. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> but you got to remember, it's like, how much do you value being able to whip your phone out? It's the most, yeah, pretty much. The most miserable I've ever been in my life is working at Amazon. Like, oh my God, yeah, dude. Amazon fucking sucks. I have to agree. I yeah. can't believe nobody has like unionized or done something to, I don't know. Because they can't. Anytime you would bring that up, they would just fire. We had to take a yearly hired. class on why on why they're bad, why unions are bad. Which uh, you know, on 
I still I think listening to a lot of punk music in high school has influenced me negatively because I, I have very like anti-authority, especially when I'm at work where someone will tell me to do something I'm like, oh, fuck that. And uh, sometimes that's not good, obviously. Right. And, and as much as I hated like the idea of having to sit through a thing where a corporation would tell you why you shouldn't unionize, at the same time, I was like, well, at least it's an hour. I don't have to go to work. Like, right. you know, I'm just sitting in a room not working for an hour, so whatever. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious how uh, unions are so looked down on. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know enough to even really know if I've I ever been a part of one. So anti- really yeah, I don't like, know. From what I've heard, like, over the years, like, um, uh, trying to focus. Think. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, team's about to get a nuke. I kind of want to see that happen. Um, unions are pretty much like they protect your working rights. So, like, if your company or whatever is like violating those rights, and I think like that union can come and help you yeah. essentially. Um, also, healthcare. Well, see, they told us in the um, classes that because of modern labor laws, unions are are an anachronistic like idea. We don't really need those anymore. Okay. They claim that they're like obsolete. But then you you hear these stories about, um, you know, the working conditions in Amazon, and and I'll tell you, it's the not not much better at J.C. Penney. I will say, Kohl's was was the best warehouse I've worked in. They were like same. I don't know. They were they were way more um, just realistic also, with their like, expectations you, of their employees. Do you think a union would have protected you that time you got fired because you came back? A day oh, absolutely. Early? Because there would have been a review process, like of a third party, to, so I could say, "Hey, I got fired for a bullshit reason," and they could they could easily have helped me. That's something I explained to Jacob too. Where, like, so our friend got hired at a, a new job, and then like they just didn't pay him, and he went to HR and was like, "Hey, you guys need to cut me a check," and they're like, "No, no, we'll stack it on the next check," and I was like, "No." As somebody who took HR classes, you are well within your rights to sit there and tell them to cut a check by the end of the day because they have checks there for that very reason. In case somebody gets fired, they can cut them a check for any kind of situation like that. And the lady just like blew them off. And I was like, that's the problem with HR is that these people go to college for it and they have no empathy for the worker at all. So like, I can't tell you, especially when you got fired from them, like you went and tried to talk to them and they wouldn't even let you in the office. They're like, nope. Yeah, I remember that. Both times I got fired were for very like nefarious reasons i don't even know yeah i don't even know what the word for it is but i guess dubious, dubious. yeah i was gonna say there I guess you go, baby. dubious might be the word i would say nefarious is like evil dubious they were not like it, they were not cut and dry like I, I i mean i argued i had to go to not court but i had to go a, a, in front of a judge and argue why they they, they owed me uh, uh unemployment money which is partially you, you why won, right yeah it's partially why i decided to become a paralegal just because i was like you know what like I, I i kind of enjoyed researching california laws and being like well hey fuck you and it's also, like, especially, like, I, I, I have this weird obsession with cop videos now. Yeah, I can't watch those because if I do, I'll just get sucked in and I'll watch them for, like, hours. And, like, the ones that are 15 minutes long, I'm, I love them, dude. Because you, you want to soak up there. every detail. Yeah. And you realize that, like, the law isn't cut and dry. Like, the law is only determined once you're in a, a courtroom. Mm-hmm. So cops can kind of just do whatever they want. Oh, until yeah, because they get can make that. all kinds of claims. Yeah. And so if you ever watch those things, it's always the, the, the video will be like a uh, guy knows the law and human rights and, and like his civil rights and all that and then just destroys the cop. The cops will just make shit up on the spot. And yeah. then they're, and the guy will be like, no, the penal code X, you know, whatever says this. And the cop's like, oh, fuck. And they're like, all right, we'll get out of here. Like they immediately back down because they're like, I have a body cam on. They can hear what we're saying. It's not worth it. So what, what does that comment say? Enjoy aiming at windows, you douchebags. Back to. Yeah. It's just people complaining about this game. Yeah, it's basically all this game is is everybody yelling at each other. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it, though. Why did they... Someone said, do you have your passport? Did you get your shots? And it... 
Yeah, that was from the one game. <laughs> why, why are they? Why is it censored? That's that's what I want to know. Uh, girl, do you want to come back with Rob to America? This game is fucking absolute garbage in its current state. <laughs> well, now we're just reading these comments yeah. on this game. Like, <laughs> Enjoy aiming at windows, you shitbags. Back to Battlefield 5. That's, that's clearly douche, by the way. Yeah. That's. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is, what is this? Call Call of Duty? Yeah. We should... Uh, is it just called Call of Duty now? Like they, they like they, they re- remodeled the entire series, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, Did we talk about the lighthouse? I don't think we haven't was, recorded since then. Yeah. Oops. Great. Uh, great. God film. damn it. Uh, I highly, if you guys can, if it's playing in your area, please go see the lighthouse and support that. Uh, I love that we're just in this era now where we we just keep getting. I mean, they call it like the prestige bad. horror. Like we we keep getting these like. Really like masterfully directed films that are that just happen to be horror films. Like I mean, you look at like you get the Lighthouse, The Witch, Midsummer, the uh, Hereditary, fucking the Suspiria remake. Like you know, to a lesser extent, it I think is is great. It's not. It's more of a blockbustery type movie, but but even then, it has some heart to it. But like we're get, we're getting these like really really good. There's some I haven't even seen. There was that Hansel and Gretel or Gretel and Hansel movie that's coming, and Antlers. Those both look like they're gonna kind of fit that mold. Yeah. The weird thing about the lighthouse, though, is that movie did not have like TV ads, but it had Facebook and Instagram ads. Yeah, yeah and there all was that. a huge. You know why? Because twenty twenty four knows think, that it's a waste of money to put on TV. I think they mm-hmm. realized, yeah, like, well, oh, the kind of people that want to go see this movie, you know, are, are going to be hanging out in certain areas online. Let's just especially because, like, uh, I've talked to people. They're like, "What are you going to do this weekend?" I'm like, "I'm going to go see the Lighthouse." And like, the what? And I'm like, "Oh, it's a new horror movie by the guy who made The Witch." The what? And I'm like, "It's an A twenty four movie." You know, like, the, the bitch? And then you realize that like the same thing that we make fun of people about like. Uh, we don't really get too political. I don't. I hate both sides, but it's like you're inside your own echo chamber. Of course, you're gonna agree with everybody says. And I realize, oh yeah, we're in our own little film, like like nerdy. That's like I said, uh, sometimes I have to remind myself. Like they, we, were, we were talking about the other day, where I was explaining something. I'm like, I always just assume everyone has the same like well of pop culture, like this baseline knowledge, knowledge of- that I have. Yeah, and then I'm like. Oh, the, the cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue? Remember I was talking about that? Where it's like, in the 80s, they made this, like, direct-to-video anti-drug uh, cartoon where it was, like, it was, like, the biggest crossover event in history, like, before Avengers ever happened, where yeah. it's, like, you have Garfield and the fucking Chipmunks, Ninja but Turtles, the, thing that's the crazy is, like, Babies. Avengers isn't even really a crossover because it's all Marvel, except for, like, True. Spider-Man and Sony, but it's, like, that was, like, many different companies, like, Viacom meeting with Fox, which is owned by Viacom now that I'm saying that. You know what I mean? Like, they have all these cartoons that are from separate companies coming together. And uh, oh, boy. I believe Mario's like, you got to get your prostate exam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. But There's a, um, especially we, what's the red letter media where it's like best of the worst. They yeah. always find these videos where it's like an hour long VHS tape about like the importance of prostate care or like breast, like breast augment, like, ex- exams or whatever. Well, there was this weird VHS boom in the like late eighties or early nineties when people figured out you can make a VHS tape for really cheap and sell it for a lot of money and people will buy it. So people were just like, well, let's make VHS tapes out of like anything. One of the more disturbing ones <coughs> was the uh, like gopher hunting one yeah. where they were just it was like a, a an hour long montage of just like hunters but blowing do you remember, up like, gophers and shit like that. Our uncles would would have these VHS tapes of like. Uh, gnarliest fucking motorcycle fails in the desert or something, and it's like now that's just YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
But pre-internet, there was like VHS tapes that people would sell. I remember we were like at Aunt Dot's house and her husband, boyfriend at the time, Mike, put on like a street bike video and there was like nudity like all yeah, over there was, it. Yeah, remember, there was a whole genre of like, it'd be like they follow around like a like a biker gang and like show their parties and like... And they're like popping willies and then they'll cut to a chick flashing the camera. And I remember being so confused. I was like, wait, so is this like a street bike thing or girls gone wild? I don't understand. Like I remember just being 12 and being so confused. Well, but again, you're like, I'm not allowed to ask questions. So. True. Pre-internet like and pre like the proliferation of porn, people would just... That's why like all the horror movies from the 70s and 80s will have like scenes of uh, like quick flashes of nudity because it's like, well, it's an R-rated movie and we need people to come out and see it. Might as well throw something like that in there. And then, I don't know, certain certain movies will become infamous for that. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, or like Barbarella, that's the only reason like that would become a, a cold hit because it's just like oh there's it's like openly about sex like you can't talk about that and now yeah. because of pornography and like internet pornography specifically I, I feel like people are I was talking about this too about like mental illness where it's like mental illness now is such a such a like we're so open about it compared to even just like 10, 20 years ago people can just openly make jokes about like oh I'm gonna kill myself like Joel was talking about like some kid said that, like he wanted to kill himself at school so he had to go through like hours of, of like therapy. therapy with the fucking school counselor and shit and he's like it was a joke it was just I was just memaning yeah, and like of course the school counselor is a boomer and they have no idea what a meme is or exactly, like, what yeah. sarcasm is because they're stupid and dumb and boomers and all that um Speaking of dumb things, we're at 55 minutes, but uh, I was at Chipotle the other day, and it was right before we came over here, I think, and I got my order or whatever, and then I sat down at the table, and I watched this, like, young couple bring in, like, a baby, like, a pit bull. It was a pit mommy, and uh, I was like, I hope they're not going to eat in here, and then, like, I'm not against dogs, but I'm like, you shouldn't have, like, an animal that could possibly shit There is a little bit floor. of a, like, oh, look at me, I have an animal with me. I, like, I get it if it's a support animal or whatever, but, yeah, I get I get a little, uh, uh, like, miffed about people I, bringing their dogs into places. I don't like anyone, because I don't like to be seen. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like to demand people's attention in public. I like to just kind of slip under the radar. Uh, like another example that like there's this, this like 10 out of 10 like Instagram gym couple that comes into the gym and like just their existence pisses me off because they're both like constantly filming each other working out and taking selfies and like showing like they're like flexing in the <sighs> mirror and all that. That's cringe. Something I never do unless nobody's around. Like I try and see if there's tone or something like that. But like even then I feel like a piece of shit because it's like it's so self gratifying. But like so I get the same feeling when I see someone bring like a dog or someone into like a store or whatever. And then I was like, well, um, as long as they're not sitting near me, within like five minutes of them getting their food and the dogs on the ground or whatever, I smell shit. And mind you, like every Chipotle has an outdoor seating area. It's kind of like their thing. And I'm just like, what is that smell? And I look over and there's a gigantic dog shit on the ground. And I was like, you, like, you couldn't just bring the dog outside? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Rob's coughing. Does that ever happen at Starbucks? People just bring their dogs and shit in? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You good, Rob? But, <laughs> but yeah, people bring their dogs in <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm bummed that we didn't get invited. Like, I don't know, that pissed me off because I'm sitting there. It was like the Joker where, like, they were cleaning the shit up and it was just, like, doing a terrible job of it. And I was like, you get what you fucking deserve. Like, uh, I wish I got invited like, a Halloween party because I would have gotten the hot dog costume from I Think You Should Leave and just walked around with that. It's just been a tumultuous... Halloween season, dude. We haven't like, I, I just realized on the drive home. I was like, we have. I bought all these movies. We're not gonna have any time to watch before Halloween. We got two in one day that one time. Yeah, that's true. 
It was like tonight, like I didn't even like we we were like on a bi-weekly schedule of recording and Rob was like, nah, I'm not in the mood. Then he called me back and was like, set it up. And I was just like, are you sure? And you're like, yeah, we're not going to be able to record again for another like week and a half probably. So it's like. Unless, I mean. We could always find a way and squeeze one in like Jacob has Saturday or Sunday off. But like. See if Matt and Michelle want to come over and we can record when they're here, I guess. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, I wish. Drew and Faith were in town. I was, I was really looking forward to getting like the all, the huge group together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is Drew's gone for like another month? Drew's in Alabama, and then I think they're going to Texas right after that. That's nuts. We haven't really heard him check in much on his Alabama trip. I wonder how if he's enjoying. It that. seems like he's just busy as fuck. Did he go to Tennessee yet? I don't know. Well, we, okay, we need to touch bases with Drew, clearly. <laughs> I don't know why I thought there'd be some content there. Well, every time I ask him, uh, he's either short answer because I assume he's on, on a rotation or whatever. Oh, yeah, I just always assume Drew's busy. Like, I, he, I talked with him um, a little bit last time I was out here, and I told him I was considering going to medical school and all that, and then it's just one of those things where... Uh, after- Drew, honestly, is kind of like my inspiration sometimes because I'm like... I hit a point where I'm like, God, I'm so fucking tired from like working and, and going to school like uh, full time on both. And it, and like, then I realized like, Oh, whatever you're doing, Drew has it like way fucking harder. The thing I have always appreciated about Drew and faith. You can relate relay this to him. Cause I know she's going to listen. Um, he always somehow makes whatever situation he's in work for him. Like in a, like in a positive way where like, he's like, I'm doing a ton of homework, but he's still finding time to play video games or chill or do whatever, have a cigar True. It's good work ethic. Yeah, he's able to um, sort, I guess. We Maybe that like, comes from Faith, because she's also really good at organization and sorting and all that, because, you know what I mean? Like, she makes the memes for her class. Yeah, a good teacher. I mean, because you see... Yeah, it's like we almost... We know some people that are bad teachers. I was going to say, you start to realize that there are <laughs> teachers who are bad, and the reasons they are bad are the same reasons that good teachers are good. Like, they're just lacking those things. I will say this. I'm very proud of Faith and Ellen, who are both teachers, for not ever sharing, like... Uh, I'm a teacher memes or whatever. Like, True, yeah, I have what's friends like, with a lot of old cowboy teachers. I'm a teacher, teachers. what's your superpower? Yeah. <laughs> we should get her like one of those mugs. I mean, I just spoiled it for her, but... <laughs> That's amazing. That and the ampersand, dude. They're coming. Oh, yeah. I had that idea of like every time we'd visit their apartment, I would sneak an ampersand in there somewhere. <laughs> like just because they're, they're everywhere, dude, for like a dollar. But uh, I'm friends with a lot of old cavalry teachers and like if they're not posting Fox News memes that are like it, w- wildly inaccurate, they're posting like... Teachers don't make enough, and Sometimes, it's like yeah. You see a teacher, uh, I'll call you out, Coach Anderlich, post some problematic things, and you're like, I don't know, not man, only problematic, like openly bigoted. Yeah, really. Where you're just like, I thought you were like a good person. Do you really believe that, dude? Like, okay. Yeah, I remember I posted a. What am I looking at there? Oh Jesus, uh, I posted like a like Morrissey singing or something like that. He's like, this sucks. And I was like, aren't you into like the Smiths? And I was like, oh no, he likes the cure. But I'm like, also like, do you need to comment on, like, I don't comment on like people's stupid fucking uh, Funko pop posts. Like, like this is a waste of money. Like you're wasting your money. You know what I mean? Like just keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. I mean, whenever I see people post about Funko pops, I just think about like how fucking stupid they are and how, (laughs) how big of a waste of money that is. (laughs) <laughs> and, but I never comment about it. Like I never say like, "Hey, you're destroying your whole fucking life, wasting money on this garbage. It's not going to be worth anything to it's, you or to anyone else." Like it's a sunken cost fallacy. Yeah, it's like a, it's just a hoarding thing at this point. You know, you know what it is, uh, dude. Whoever created Funkos, Freddie Funko, I believe his name is. Yeah. Uh, you really, Funko. you just catered to mental illness, dude. <laughs> it's you know what it is, dude. Like because. Uh, I, a couple years ago, I was going through a pretty bad depression, and uh, 
it's this weird, like, you, you got to have control over something. So you're like, hey, I'm going to buy this, like, fuck it, I'm going to treat me because I deserve it. But there's nothing, like, there's nothing that really meets that thrill of, like, when you were a kid and you'd be like, oh, a new toy. Because, like, I don't know, that's not something that happens every day. So you're I like, noticed that you start collecting these things that are stupid and you know they're dumb and you know they're just, just taking up space and wasting It's, a, it's like instant gratification, essentially. Yeah, but you're like, oh, for like for like a split second, you feel like a kid again when and you And then you get buyer's remorse and And then you're that. like, well, okay, like, with some of those Funko Pops, I know they're, like... See, I when I watch those videos too, like I just see things I, I remember like from being that stupid. It's a manic purchase, and you're like, "That's true too." And you're, and you, you see him like the one where he opens up the boxes. I'm like, I know that hurts. I know he's like, "Okay, I have to do this. Like, I have to do something." <laughs> it's a coping mechanism. It's a weird, yeah, where he's just like, "Well, okay, these ones probably aren't gonna be worth as much, so I'll just open them, and that way I can say like I'm not addicted." Because people will see like, "Well, if I can open them, I'm not really addicted." It's like, do you make this weird logic to try and like keep up that habit, and then like. The, the most fucked up thing is, like, I remember when I stopped going to the comic store, like, you realize, like, oh, that was a burden on my life. Like, I had to, like, really pay attention to, like, what's popular. And then you realize that, that they were kind of the enemy the whole time because you're, like... Yeah, then you start to get really bitter where you're, like, oh, fuck you. Like, you were selling me, like, hundreds of dollars. Like, I shit you not, I would spend, like, 80 to to $100 every fucking week uh, I would go at the with comic you, yeah. store. And it would be, like, the highlight of my week just going, like, ooh, I'm going to pick out this and this and I'm going to have a little conversation with the guy at the counter and, like... It's that gratification of like, oh, I don't feel so alone because somebody else knows. I about have the this weird thing though, where like I don't need to buy anything. Like if I go into I a store physically, like I, like we were at Amoeba and I found so many cool things and I was just like, me too. Nah. <laughs> like I, 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 mom like trained me to window shop because we got told no so much. I think as a kid. I had the opposite effect though, where I'm I was so used to like because you knew to ask dad not buying things <laughs> when I was a kid that like when I got now that I'm older, like I see shit and I'm like, oh, I really want that, and then I'm like, well, I'll just buy it then. Like my know? thing though is I do I do giant purchases. I like new shoes that are like 150 bucks or like for like running shoes or like I'll buy. Yeah, it's been a, I, you know, the, okay. I remember I had to explain to somebody one time where I was, they were like, well, why do you keep buying? I think it was Jimmy. He was like, why do you keep buying new shoes? Like you still have like, you just got new shoes. I'm like, no, these actually aren't new. These are old, but I only wear them. I have like such a huge rotation where I'm like, okay, I'm going to start wearing these for a while. Yeah. Because I'm like, there's, I don't know, I'm just weird about shoes. Where On like, God, I had to delete a bunch of apps from my phone. It's, I hate when people do this where they're like, yeah, I got rid of Facebook, I'm self-righteous. But no, like, in a real way, I had to get rid of Nike, Adidas. Dude, and, um, <laughs> I unfollowed so many fucking uh, t-shirt companies on Instagram. The, I, the only ones I follow now are the hundreds, and I think that's it, actually. Yeah. Uh, Oh, dumb good. That's the other one. Of course, I'm like, oh man, your 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 products speak to me. On uh, that's what I'm one. saying. Like, so, but even then, yeah, you, you end up spending so much money on that shit. Well, because uh, you'd get like, okay, I had to un, un, I had to delete Domino's because every other day Domino's would send you a coupon for like 50 percent off a of pizza, and you're like, I should get pizza tonight. And then I'm like, no, I'm trying to lose weight. But the same thing would happen with I mean, purchases. That's actually, if, if it's saving you money, that's different. Like, if it's cheaper, but dinner, it's not saving me calories. That's true. I don't know. And uh, I hit 211 in. I'll never forget one of the most embarrassing things in my life because it was always like you're afraid of being in the 200 club or whatever. And I was in... I would love to be there someday. <laughs> I was in uh, 10th grade and we had basketball and it was one of those things where like our coach, which was Isaiah, took it really seriously and he weighed everybody in and did our body measurements and BMI index and all that to kind of like, all right, you need to lose weight, you need to gain weight and all that. And then... Uh, I don't think any of that would be legal now. No, but uh, I stepped on the scale in front of everybody, by the way, like in uh, it was the yeah, and the weight came up and it was 212 in like 10th grade. And I remember he was like, he audibly go with Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh, is that not good? And he's like, no, like everybody else in here is like 145, 150 and you're 212. And I remember like that stuck with me. And I finally 
Uh, it's been like a year and four months now. I've been working out, and uh, I hit two eleven on last Friday, and uh, it's it's bittersweet because it's like that. You know how like you're waiting for that Amazon package, and then it shows up, and it's still just that thing that you ordered. It's not real. Like you're like, oh, I'm stoked because my shirt's coming, and then you get the shirt, and it's like sometimes. I'll get an Amazon package, something I've been excited for, and I won't even open it when it comes because it's like, it's, as well, it's here. You know what I mean? I get that with, like, I buy a lot of books and I get so excited for them, and then I, I think, like, God, I wish I had the book. I could be reading it right now, and then it shows up, and then I don't read it for like six months. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot how excited I was for this. Like, But now, so like, I hit my goal weight, which was 215, and now I'm 211, and like, again, I'm like, I'm lighter than I was in high school, but like, way more toned or whatever, and I'm not even that type of, I, I don't post pictures or whatever. I'm not that type of person. I'm not like, Check out these abs, bitches, like all these other people are. But, like, it's one of those things where it's bittersweet because it's like I finally hit it. But now I have this extreme anxiety that, like, I'm going to get fat again as if it happens overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, I'm not really doing a great job dieting right now. But whenever I'm, like, I mean, to, to be, be really fair, though, I, 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 I'm not one to, like, let people slide with excuses. But I'm, like, you're working more hours than I am and then going to school three days a week on top of that and then still trying to hang out while doing homework. It's like, I get it. But stress to, eating well is, to your point though i feel like like when, when you're trying really hard like to diet and shit i remember i would have these nightmares where like oh no i just ate a whole cake and you yeah. wake up and you're like holy shit dude thank god i didn't eat that whole cake i had a, a dream that i stepped on the scale and it was 395 pounds and i was like what when did this happen and then i i in the dream i opened my um my fitness power whatever and I, I had like several ten thousand calorie days and i was like what is going on like and i woke up and like that ruined my day I remember when Joel was first born, I used to have uh, nightmares that, like, I'd be holding him and I'd just drop him or something. And it'd yeah. be, like, super violent. Like, his head explodes when it hits the ground. And I'd be like, oh. And everyone's like, you did it. We knew you were going to drop him. And you're like, oh, my God. And then, like, you <laughs> wake up and you're like, thank God he's still alive. <laughs> well, let's, let's put this to the test. But, uh, yeah, that's a thing. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Back to the purchasing <laughs> thing. Uh, I've done that, too, where it's like you're – depressed because like you find out when you go through a big life change your body goes through depression i learned that from dr drew or whatever he's like you just feel like you, you don't want change or whatever and i'm bad with change as it is so like you, you do these big ass dumb purchases and like you don't feel good about them i don't know like i got a graphics card from a computer like a year ago and i'm like i don't even play this thing that much yeah but you know what fuck it I was, yeah i mean on some level i know we just talked about how bad that is but it's like on some level you gotta do. You gotta do something nice for yourself. I think it's just a like an, like everything else, just moderation. Like you can't constantly be treating yourself, or else it's not a treat anymore, and then that just makes you more depressed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if only if only a certain person we knew, and his certain uh, better half could hear what we had to say about this. We we need to reach out to this person. I feel like. I just feel like. Uh, I, first of all, I w- I hate that we live in like. A society? Yeah, we live in a world where, like, you have other famous podcasters that will just openly make fun of somebody who could clearly find that video and see them getting made fun of, but it's like, but we can't because we're so close to this person and thousands of people that also know them. Um, yeah. That sounds like we're, like, friends with them. No, we're not friends. We went to the same school. But, like, can't say their name, can't, but whatever, but it's like, I don't know, man. I don't even so, know where I was going with I that. I was say, I don't even know if anyone knows what we're talking about, but there's a guy we know who's going through some shit right now, and he, we just, well, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to help him. <laughs> You worry about them, dude. Uh, okay, listeners, do you have someone in your life, they're not, like, friends with you, but you're not friends with them, you guys are acquaintances, not even that, but, like, you just I mean, are I would, watching them make real, real-time real terrible decisions. You gotta, okay, I think of Aaron, of this person, uh, of Aaron Feces, 
there, what was that? I was like, give, give it the appearance of duty on errant feces. <laughs> on, on, uh, pop coffee. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. I always think about that. Uh, I think of this kid like uh, a cousin kind of because we, like, that school was so fucking small. We had 18 kids in our graduating class. Like you were all up in each other's shit. Like everybody knew everybody's business there. You know what yeah. I mean? So just the older you get, the more you realize like, oh fuck, we were all really close. And like, even, even the people, people you didn't you like. I'll say, even the people you weren't super close with, you're still kind of like, it's like, what if I hear about a cousin fucking up now, you're like, oh man, I don't want that for them. Like, I hope they Speaking do better Speaking of which, than that. Uh, I ran into Carrie, the office lady at the bank the other day. She oh. still worked there? No. She no. looked at me and then like double taked and looked at me and then just turned around and walked away. <coughs> like, she's like, I know who you are, but fuck you. Like, and I was like, when you were working there? oh yeah, she hated me. When she hated were? us because we would always get in trouble. When you were working at the cafe, though? No, no, no. She was gone by that point. Oh, okay. She was gone, like, after J-Lo left. J-Lo. That's another one. Yeah, like, don't Fuck say anything. Um, that's, that's not our... <laughs> that's not our... Uh, bo- I learned a lot about jurisdictions in... Uh, in uh, <laughs> County lines and state lines. Learning right now, what do you call that? <laughs> Before, Before we end it, what's the most interesting and stupid thing you've learned so far? I don't know about stupid, but... By stupid, I mean, like, classmates. Oh. Um... God, there's this one really stupid classmate, but it's not its not ever one thing. It's just so... Oh, God. Okay, well, we had this class... Dude, we had this really awkward class where my teacher came in, and I don't know if you've been following, there's this case late, lately where this, this white police officer lady oh, yeah, walked did... into an apartment and just shot a black dude unarmed who was, like, sitting in a chair smoking weed, and she shot him. And, and she, her, she claimed, I thought, I thought it was my apartment, I thought he was in my apartment... And, every, and they had all this evidence of, like, yeah, well... The door was locked. Yeah, the, like, her, the, his door was, was open, she, and she knew her door was locked. Uh, so there was also, like, a planter next to her door, because it was her... Mind was, you, he, she's not a, even on the right floor. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's the most important. Uh, that's what I'm dancing around, is that she was on a completely different floor. Did you see that a key witness got murdered? Yeah, I heard about that, too, but... <laughs> well, murdered is a strong word. Uh, died. We were talking about that recently, too, and, and people, like half the class was just like, well, because it's just because he was involved in gang violence and shit. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That seems like some Epstein shit to me, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, so the so the thing, she she got sentenced to jail. I think it was 10 years, and uh, the we'll come back to the next class, because our teacher was talking about that in our, on our first class, I think, and then on the second class, we come back. The first thing she, so, she shows us... God, I can't talk right now. The first thing that she shows us is, uh, give me one of those cokes. Yeah, that, that, you earn it right now. <laughs> well, I think I, I think uh, it's like a, it's like a Saharan desert in my mouth right now. The Keep problem. talking, I get you one. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> what was I talking about? Okay, so the first, she, you, second class, she comes in. We come in for the second class. She comes in there, and she uh, pulls up a video of like the brother of the guy who got shot was like forgiving hey, her. Hey, can I can I give her a hug? And the judge is like, No, what are you fucking stupid? No. And he asks like three more times, and finally she's like, "All right, okay, whatever." So he goes over and hugs her, and then and then the judge goes like, "You know what? I'm gonna give you a hug too." And then it was just such a bizarre. And then the what? judge gave her a Bible, I think. What? And we were talking about like, she was like, "So what do you guys think about that?" And then here's where it gets awkward. Okay. Everyone in the class is just kind of like, "I don't know." Like nobody wanted to talk because I have a feeling I know who who talked. And you know and you know why? Because it's class number two. It's this is the second class. No right. one knows each other yet. We're like, you don't, don't want to throw your wild. That's opinions. what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to. I don't know who the smart kids are, who the dumb kids are. Like, I don't know if that's just me. I always have this like, uh, 
uh, strat when I when I pull up into, into, a, into a class where I like I sit in the back of the class. I watch everybody else. I'm like, okay, these are the smart kids. Like, if I need help with something, I'll talk to them. A vibe check, if you will. Yeah, really. So, I, and I never answer questions. You know ever. why? Because everybody's had that one class where. You, someone talks to you and you end up befriending them a little bit. You just become an acquaintance. And then suddenly that you realize you ask the wrong question and that person lets out their crazy. And you're like, I don't want to deal with that anymore. True. <laughs> I've done that, dude. Where like someone's like, hey, uh, do you have an extra pencil? And you're like, yeah, man, I got you. And then like suddenly they, they, like, you become their crutch and they lean on you for the rest of that this, class. Uh, this guy, when we went to the, the law library, I'm going to cut my story in half real quick. Uh, there, I, I was sitting next to this guy and he was like one of the kids that talks a lot in class and I was like alright you're kind of annoying but I, I kind of know who you are so I'll talk to you for a sec yeah you check and, uh, out yeah exactly <laughs> and um I was like hey uh, can I borrow a pencil real quick I, I left my bag in the car I don't I didn't think we'd be doing work I thought this was just like a field trip and he was like okay yeah and then um I so I signed my name on the you know sign in sheet and then I was like actually can I just can I borrow this so I can like take notes and then he was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. And he's like, you know, my dad used to do that. Like, we would go somewhere, and he would just be like, hey, that's a really nice pen, just to see if they would, like, give him the pen. And I was like, what? What? And he was like, yeah, so, like, we, we would go somewhere. If somebody was writing with a pen, my dad would always just be like, hey, that's a really nice pen, just to see, like, oh, do you want it? And it was, which is such a weird thing to say to that's... someone who's basically a stranger. And but he's like, also, in a weird way, calling you a thief. Well, and you know what I said? I was like, is that sociopathic behavior and then he laughed he's like my dad probably okay like like, this is getting deeper than i intended can i just borrow this pencil yeah also you're like what does that say about me i'm just i I was like yeah i was like what do you mean like when you go to like a hotel or something he's like no just anywhere anywhere if a guy was riding with a pen and i was like did they give it to him he's like oh yeah all the time i was like what that's so weird he's like he said it was a social experiment and i was like i think your dad was that's a sociopathic sociopathic that's like oddly specific too. that's like the the shrink next door kind of I mean, shit. Exactly. That's yeah. literally like your, your a mental flex where you're like, I bet, I bet I'm stronger than this person mentally. And it's just like, I don't know. It's a weird. Submission. I do do that with homeless people where sometimes I, I run different strats to see if they'll either give up or not react or like right now, if you don't, cause we live in, it's not that I, I don't like homeless people, but we live in an area where it's like, I can't get out of my car without getting uh, hassled, and then we live in an area also where if you don't have money, they just get madder at you for some reason. It's like, I, I don't have money. I'm sorry. So I run this strat at Waba where if there's one by the front door, and there always is, I wait for somebody else to walk in, and I just assume, I just pretend that they're only talking to them. I'm like, excuse me? I do that a lot. Not with <laughs> homeless people, but just... In life? Yeah, like, I always just try to, like... Like if someone yeah, someone like weave is, your way in. If someone else is like entering a building and you see like there's like a like a Santa Claus de- door door like if any any time there's someone trying to stop like a Girl Scout cookie or something like I'll just like walk really close with another group and be like on with them and if they say no that means me too. I also <laughs> I know like the Girl Scout like kids that age are like really abrasive and if you ignore them they'll be like stop ignoring me sir sir do you want these fucking cookies like. When we were in Walmart, it's like yes, yes, I do, but I don't carry cash. I'm not a lunatic. Like we were in Walmart that one time. Get a fucking app where you could, dude. If the Girl Scout cookies had an app where I could swipe my card, I would totally buy. I'd buy cookies every fucking time. I think they have the. They do that have that now. All right, that's dangerous. <laughs> do they take Apple Pay? I think they have that weird <laughs> really thing you should. plug into That'd the headphone jack smart. and you can swipe your card. <coughs> oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, but that was like, remember that time at Walmart, the kid was hogging the video game, that, and I was like, hey, can I play? And then he just ignored me, and I was like, I know you're ignoring me. <laughs> that was great. But anyway, back to your story. Second day of the class, how do you guys feel about that? Oh, yeah, everybody was just kind of like, I don't know, like, whatever. And then, like, it's a strange... she, was like, she was like, really? No one has any thoughts about this? And then 
you know, someone would be like, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's you know, it's kind of crazy that he can, like, show forgiveness. And then she was like, yeah, because I don't think I could show forgiveness. And then, like, it would be quiet. And then she'd be like, no, no one else? No one? And then, like, someone would be like, yeah, you know, I just, it's like, well, I don't know, is it cool for a judge to, like, hug a person? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. Like, it's a murder and all this shit. And then, um, she's like, and then she's like, anyone else? And then, like, no one said it. She's like, I just, I thought you guys would have more to say about this. She was, like, really, like, upset that we weren't, like, didn't want to talk about it. And I remember I thinking, mean, like... Is this the teacher I think it is? Probably. And okay. I remember, I remember thinking, like, lady, we're here to fucking... Learn? Uh, learn. learn how to be a paralegal, not discuss, like, is it morally okay? Yeah. Like, could you forgive someone for... It's like, I don't care about that. Because the quicker we can get out of this class, the quicker I can go home and go to sleep. Because I gotta be up at 4 a.m. to go to work, lady. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so, like, agitated by the time I show up to class every night. The weirdest part about that case, though, is that, like, it's so full of weird details oh yeah i mean she was definitely at fault i'm glad that they well but yeah the she's well, at we fault. Just finish this part and then we'll discuss again i'm not here to discuss the moral things with that case anyway so you're asking like is there weird people in that class yeah there's this guy i can't remember his real name but he, he asked me to be named uh, to go by pepe and um he just says the weirdest shit dude i don't know if he's just stoned all the time or what but like so by the third time she's like no really no one has anything to say i just thought you guys want to talk about this he was like uh He's like, well, what do you want to say that we, that we would do like a uh, what did he say? God damn it, a, a chokehold on him or something? And then well, are we'd RKO him? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the move was that he said because it was something else. Batista uh, bomb, people's elbow, uh, uh, chokehold him. It was like a choke, choke slam. Hold, choke slam. Give him the chair. Anyway, because he's like, he's like, we could take him to, to choke slam, choke slam city or something. And then like, uh, the teacher was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, uh, you know, cho- choke slam city, and I was like, oh my god, dude, you, it's you like don't double down on a stupid. Yeah, I was response. like, you need to go back like five steps and explain. Oh, it's a wrestling move because she has no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, I don't know what that is. He's like, you know, it's like uh, and he starts naming off all these wrestlers. It's like when they do like a choke chokehold or whatever. And she's like, well, I don't know, I don't know wrestling. And he's like, okay. And then I was like, oh my god, this took 15 minutes off. Like we could be learning and be out of here early. Lately, when people, I just feel like I'm losing my life a little bit. I'm like. Like I told you that story, like the two people across the street, like these, this couple walked out of their house and got in separate cars thinking that the other one was going to get into the same car as them. And then both got mad at each other and proceeded to yell at each other with their windows down and try to get the other one to go into their car for like five minutes. And I remember I explained that situation to my dad. I'm like, dad, they walked down the steps. Both of them were, I thought coherent and got into separate cars to go to the same place. They were going to ride together. And dad was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. But when you witness something like that, that's so unbelievably stupid, I feel like I lost an hour or two off my life. Like, I feel like it just, it just took a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. And that happens in class, especially because what you're doing is a lot. There's a lot of boomers in there. Like I had anatomy classes or whatever. And then it's like, sometimes you realize that there's people in your class that don't have a venue in their life to get, any of their thoughts out. Oh God. Mm. Right. And, Mm. and they sit there and the teacher gives them this lane. The teacher like engages with it too. And yeah, because I think they have to. And like, I've had so many classes where like, like, does anyone have any questions? And then a boomer will just raise their hand and bring up politics or something has nothing to do with philosophy or, or anatomy or math. And then the teacher will then openly engage with them. And I'm like, man, our, this class started at 6. We don't get out until 9.50. Is there any way we can speed this up? <laughs> yeah, I've had basically every class I've taken as an adult, there's somebody, there's an older person there 
who was just there to like talk. Yeah. And uh, like I said, they don't have any other avenue in their life to get that out. So exactly. I think that that's their, they're flexing their mental muscle. Finally, they're like, finally I have a place where I can go and people want to hear what I have to say. And it's like, no one wants to hear what you have to say. In my uh, family law class, there's a woman who she did her divorce in pro per, which means she did it herself. And, uh, you Probably know, not the smartest decision. Well, if, I don't know because they make it sound like it's pretty simple if you know if you kind of are have a brain, but I kind of wonder if it's I don't know how difficult it would be. I, I haven't really looked at it yet to be honest, but it's something apparently a lot of people do, and of course you can miss certain Those things and get screwed over, especially if the person that you're against actually does hire a lawyer. And this is basically what happened to this woman, and um, she raises her hand and asks the most asinine questions about. Details that only apply to her divorce. She'd be like, "Well, when I got divorced, this happened. Does this make any sense?" Because he says he was able to do this, and I didn't. And I said, "No." Yeah, basically. I was gonna say that's free legal advice, and that's the same thing that happens to Drew when he goes to like family. Like, hey, I got this weird rash or whatever. It's like people seeking like. Well, and it it derails the class, like you said, for so long. Where you're like, "Can we just get out of here, please?" So this same kid, again, the same same class too. Says Pepe in the next class. He also, okay, I always show up early just to like, because I'm paranoid about being late. I'm so the same way. Don't worry about it. I'm usually among the first I'm not early there. to work, but I'm early to f- as fuck to classes. Yeah, you're, you know, that's a good point. I'm always late to work. but like. Because there's, like, at work, you're given a task, and when you go to a class, you're supposed to sit there, and you don't know whether or not that teacher is going to pick on you. And I don't mean, like, make fun of you, but I mean, I like, like to get there and, like, review. Yeah, and I feel like you get on the teacher's good graces if you get there a little early, and True. then you talk to them. That way, they're not because there's always the moment where like the teacher and like a handful of students are there and you're kind of chatting before the uh, so yeah you kind of like get your FaceTime in basically like yeah which I is agree. valuable you know but uh he every before every class he'll come in to the, to the the front seat and then whoever's sitting up at the front seat he'll be like is it okay if I sit here and then they'll be like yeah and then he's like okay I, I just like to be up front so I can see and he says it every time and um Jesus juice so the second uh the second class we come in and um. Somebody, because of course, like like we were just talking about, there's always people who want to talk. There, there's a couple people who are were already working in law firms or otherwise working with court stuff, and so they kind of know a little bit about this, like a bit more more than me, obviously. Yeah. And um, this there's this one boomer who I can't fucking stand who's always doing that, and uh, like just constantly finding any excuse to be like, well, when I well, the way we do it at my law firm, blah blah blah, and. and Anyway, so she's like, I don't understand this part of the homework because in the law firm I work for, we always do it like what it was was uh, in it, when you're citing a case, you'd be like, uh, it'd be like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like an example, like the people versus OJ Simpson. Uh, you wouldn't put if, if there's more than one party that's fighting OJ Simpson, you it's wouldn't the people. put the people versus OJ Simpson at all or whatever. And then in her. She was like, well, in my the, the book, the blue book, which is like the standard, the legal standard, says don't do that. She's like, well, at my law firm, we do that. And she's like, okay, well, if your if your firm is paying you to do it that way, then just do it that way. That's that's gonna that's gonna be the rule. I feel like it's like the teacher's like it's a case by case basis. Exactly. She's just, she's like, look, the whole point of this class is to give you the like, here's what's expected. If your law firm is telling you that's not what we expect, which you know anyone with a fucking brain in their head could go, okay, she's not talking to me. Like my. But it's you realize like oh she just wants to be like well I'm my law firm because I'm special, but uh, so later, um, the that kid Pepe is like so wait uh, we're supposed to do like this and then and then she's like yes unless unless your law firm tells you to do something different he's like well I don't work for a law firm and then she's like okay he's like I work I work for my dad we do landscaping and she's like oh cool and he's like yeah we do like and I was like right there as a teacher I'd be like this is not 
the job for you because you clearly have no idea about context. And I'm referring to when you do work in a law firm, not right now. Yeah, I really don't. I, I there's there's a couple people in my classes where I'm just like, there's no way, there's no way you're gonna finish this this you know certification process. It, it goes on for like a year. Didn't and a you half. say that there's people in their class that don't know how to use a computer, and the class is oh, basically yeah. teaching you how to use the database online? Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, there's some people. I think we talked about this last night. I was telling you about. I had a class, and um, it, the only way you'd get this information, and like the teacher even said, he's like, "You guys are all adults. I feel like you guys can read this." Like, I respected the hell out of my teacher. The first day of class is like, "I'm not gonna do the thing that every class does, where we go through the syllabus page by page. You can look at it week to week and find out what you need to do." Yeah, that's cringe. The first thing on the syllabus was. Uh, all homework assigned in the class uh, will not be assigned verbally. It will be assigned via the syllabus and will be turned in on the final day of the class for uh, an overall like grade. And on the final day of the class, everybody but this one guy turned in all their homework packets or whatever. And then the teacher was like, oh, uh, you don't have your homework or whatever? He's like, no, I didn't know there was homework. And he's like, did you read the syllabus? And he's like, what's a syllabus? Like, what? <laughs> Not a great place to start. It's like you're already fucking yikes. ten steps behind, buddy. Yeah. And then my teacher, uh, God bless him, literally goes, "All right, I'll make you a deal. If you could just do the homework all tonight, because it was really simple. Like you go in the book, and it was like eight, it was book work, but it was A B C D. Like you could honestly just guesstimate what it was. Nice. And there was only like what is it like twelve weeks of classes for college or whatever. So it was twelve homework assignments. Each week you get one, and then there was tests and all that. And he goes, just take a photo of it. You don't even need to uh, scan it in if you don't have a scanner. Just take a photo with your phone. And he cuts him off, and he goes, I don't have a scanner. And he goes, all right, well, if you don't have a scanner, take a photo with your phone. You have my email address. Um, it's on the syllabus again. And he handed him a new syllabus. And he goes, just take a, a decent shot of the homework in the in like the chapter and all that. Write your name on it, all the questions, each page. It was like three pages per homework assignment. And then just clip them together and, and send them to me in a file to my my work email, and the guy's like, uh, I don't know how I don't have an email address. And he goes, You couldn't have gotten in this class if you didn't have an email address. You have to have an email address. He's <laughs> like, It's appointed to you by the school. He go and he was like getting Incredible. louder as he's explaining. He's like, To get into a school system, they give you an edu address. So you have what he's like your name. It's like he's like first initial, last name, and then your student ID number plus dot edu or at edu or whatever at whatever <coughs> the school is. And the guy's like, I don't what what no, I don't have a student email. And he's like, you cannot be in this class without a student email. And he's like, and I have been grading your tests and putting them and sending them to your student email. You have a student email. And the guy's like, okay. And then I watched him. This is a long tangent, but I watched him. It's just very stupid. I watched him find that guy's student email to him, and then he couldn't figure out his password. They finally figure it out, and then he goes, all right, so what you're going to do is you're going to take a photo, and then you're going to go and then make a folder in your phone and just call it whatever. <laughs> just call it homework. Then you send me an email with all those photos in one file, and then I will grade them and give you a grade. You're not going to get full credit, but I'll give you like two-thirds. And that guy's like, okay, how do you attach an email? And I was just like, dude, you're giving me a headache. <laughs> like I'm sitting in the back like waiting to take the final. Uh. And... um. Another 10 minutes goes by, and then, uh, needless to say, we show up. The Like, the last day, the final was the second to last day of class, and then the, the lab was the final day of class, and the lab was just kind of like a, here's your grades for your final, and then we're going to have, like, cake. Mm. That guy did not show up, and the teacher was like, that guy did, not only did he not email me the thing, he turned in his final without any of the work done and with just his name on it. And I was telling this to Rob, and it was like, it brought back so much rage. <laughs> That's fucking 
incredible what you just told me. Yeah. That's actually incredible. If I if I could if I could ask you, what what generation do you think this man was from? Uh, not not a, not the greatest generation. <laughs> not a millennial, let me tell you. Oh god. Anyway, uh we're at an hour and thirty, but uh Thanks for listening. Uh, we have a Patreon if you guys want to support us. Right now, because of Rob's work schedule, we're kind of doing like a bi-weekly <laughs> thing. If we can squeeze another one in next week, we'll do it. Uh, but we're, we're trying to hit that every other week goal. And then as soon as his school's done, we're probably going to do a backlog of a bunch of them and just release them and, and all that. I'm working on it. And then I got the thing so we can play clips on the podcast and we find funny shit. And, but I couldn't, didn't have enough time to set it up because <clears throat> Rob was heading over here. But yeah. Thanks for listening. Trying to get more done. Uh, for, to our Patreon supporters, I thank you for constantly supporting us and giving us money each month. Uh, we're trying to get back on that f- once a week schedule, but it's a little hectic right now with our school and work schedules. Uh, follow us on our Instagram, Best Bros Podcast. Our SoundCloud, we have on iTunes. Give us a, a review. And uh, thank you. You got love anything you. to say? We love you guys. Rob? What do you have to say for yourself? (laughs) I'm going to die. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, honestly.